Section 29 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian Keenan. Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1, Section 29. Thursday, 18. My trials, as usual, have been great, but the Lord has not left me comfortless. About this time it was currently reported that a treaty of peace was like to take place. I thought this would have been a singular blessing, especially as it would have given the gospel a free course through the land. But my hope is, through grace, that I shall be found prepared for all changes and circumstances. Lord's Day 21 I was enabled to press upon the consciences of the people, with great pungency, the awful declaration of God in Amos 4.11. I have overthrown some of you, as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and ye were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Some felt the word preached, and at the class meeting the hearts of the society were melted. Saturday, 27. We have had some refreshing times, both in our public and society meetings, through the course of this week, and my own soul has sometimes been greatly drawn out in affectionate devotion, but at other times sorely tempted by the enemy. We have had a very alarming draught in this part of the country. Last Friday we fasted, and prayed that the Lord might water the earth. But though we had a fine shower, it did not seem to cover much more than the two adjacent farms. Lord's Day 28 In the forenoon I preached under an oak, on Him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. But the people seemed unmoved. Though in the afternoon they were a little roused by that awful threatening Psalm 9.17, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. Yet there seems to be a judicial hardness of heart amongst many of the people. There was a large congregation at Mr. S.'s on Monday, but they also were under the influence of a spiritual stupor. My mind has been much agitated, and at present my prospect of success is but gloomy. Sometimes I have been afraid that I have done wrong in retiring from the work, though, as far as I can judge, the glory of God and the prosperity of His Church were my chief objects. Tuesday, 30. Brother F. G. came to see me, and on Friday the Lord sent us a plentiful rain after the threatening draught. Saturday, July 4. I lamented my want of more spiritual life and divine animation. Neither did I find myself so quietly and perfectly resigned to the present dispensations of providence as is necessary to keep my soul in undisturbed peace, and promote my advancement in all the beauty of holiness. Lord's Day 5 The Lord favored me with great assistance in preaching three times today, and at Mr. C. Wise in the forenoon we had a very solemn season. Tuesday 7 It has been matter of grief to me that I have not been more holy and heavenly in all the powers of my soul. And it will be very wonderful if my soul should be saved, 
after so many external trials, and such internal assaults from the banded powers of darkness. Death and destruction seem to threaten me on every side. But thou knowest the pains thy servants feel, thou hearest thy children's cry, and their best wishes to fulfill. Thy grace is ever nigh. Wednesday 8 My exercises were heavy, but I had some liberty in preaching, and there were some happy souls who possessed the spirit of prayer. Friday 10 Satan so beset me by different means that it seemed as if I could do little else but endeavor to pray. Saturday 11 I rode to W. and found that Mr. C. had taken away about half the society, and was gone to set up a church for himself. But I met those who were willing to abide with us, and preached twice on the Lord's Day, perhaps to some purpose. Monday 13 Preaching in Slaughterneck, there appeared to be some impediment in the family. I therefore removed the preaching, and found the children were openly wicked. We shall now meet the people at Mr. S.Y.'s, whose family appears serious, and I hope the work of God will go on in this neighborhood. The people were all attention at R.D.S.'s on Wednesday, but not much affected. On Thursday I preached at B.Y.'s, and then returned to Brother T.W.'s. Saturday, 18. I laid a plan for myself to travel and preach nine days in two weeks. This was one step towards my former regularity in what appears to me as my duty, my element, and my delight. On the Lord's Day I met a class in the morning, and then preached twice, with earnestness and affection, to large, attentive, and serious congregations. My spirit was afterward refreshed in the company of some of my old friends. Monday 20. My company being gone, my soul returned to its usual exercises, and I was led to reflect on the fluctuating state of human life, a continual circle in which the soul can find no permanent center to fix upon. We shall never have perfect rest till we come to the holy mountain of the Lord. Tuesday 21. My soul keeps close to God in prayer, meditation, and reading. My internal exercises are very great and I see no other way to conquer and escape but by resisting my malignant foe. On Thursday I went about twenty miles to preach at one T.D.'s in Sussex. There were about two hundred people who appeared to be kind and willing to receive instruction, and I was enabled to fix their attention, though they were ignorant and wild. I then rode ten miles on my way back to visit I.B., who was in deep distress of soul. On Saturday, my mind was sweetly stayed on God, after riding about fifty miles since Thursday, seeking to bring poor wandering souls to the fold of Christ. I hope to travel and preach as long as I live. Lord's Day 26 My own soul was much enlarged while enforcing Romans 10, 15, 16, though the hearts of the audience appeared to be proof against the power of the word. Thus it is that the preaching of the gospel is too often as seed sown in stony ground. The hearers do not prepare their hearts by prayer and meditation, and the Almighty does not destroy their moral agency 
to save them by irresistible grace, and therefore the word which was intended to be a savor of life unto life, proves, by their abuse of preventing grace, a savor of death unto death. Monday 27 I am still in possession of the inestimable pearl. Christ abides in me, the hope of glory. In the heavenly Lamb, thrice happy I am, and my heart doth rejoice at the sound of his name. The congregation today at K's were dull and insensible, but in the class meeting at S's we had a melting time. It was currently reported about this time that some of the British troops were so blocked up that there was very little probability of their escape. And thus it is with the fallen spirits of mankind, having forfeited the favor and protection of their offended Creator, they are environed by the invisible, malignant angels, who kept not their first estate, desirous to involve the human race in their own condemnation and misery. But God, moved with compassion towards our helpless race, has made it possible that we may escape through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. But, oh, melancholy thought! Men are more inclined to listen to the voice of their enemies than to the voice of their divine friend. Instead of putting on the whole armor of God, and resisting the devil that he may flee from them, they arm themselves against all the warnings of their gracious Creator, and resist the motions of His Holy Spirit, till they have filled up the measure of their iniquity, and have their portion appointed with devils and damned spirits. On Wednesday my soul was deeply exercised in seeking after more of the divine nature. I longed to be made perfect in love, to have all my heart wrapped up in Christ Jesus, to have my conversation in heaven, and to be completely prepared for every duty and every suffering that may lie before me. We had a lecture in the evening at T.W.'s, and the hearts of some were moved and melted by the power of God. I began to think it is my duty to abide for a season in this state, and have great hopes that the Lord will pour out His Spirit and favor us with a revival of pure and vital piety. Saturday, August 1 I went into the fork, and on the Lord's Day preached at Mr. R.'s and at Mr. L.'s. The congregations were attentive and affected, so that, although they are rude and unpolished, yet God is able, even of these unseemly stones, to raise up children unto Abraham. Being informed that Mrs. P. was dangerously ill, I rode about twenty miles to see her, arrived at the house about nine o'clock, and found her confident and happy in the love of God, a miracle of saving grace. But the power and the glory of this and of every other good work belongs unto the Lord. Tuesday 4. We had a large congregation, and the presence and power of God were with us, while I enforced, on a funeral occasion, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Thursday 6. After proclaiming the great salvation at Jay's, I rode back to visit Mrs. P. again and found her still happy in God, and patient under her affliction. 
Lord's Day, 9. Having been informed that some of the people were in danger of being led aside by impressions and dreams, and a weak-headed man having already drawn off a few simple souls, I thought it expedient to urge upon them Isaiah 8.20, To the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. While in theory, experience, and practice we keep close to the written word of God, we are safe. And if an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, saith St. Paul, let him be accursed. Galatians 1, 8. Dreams may arise from various causes, and even diabolical impressions may sometimes resemble those made by the Spirit of God. And it is evident that all such impressions as have a tendency to affect divisions, to interrupt the peace of the church, to draw us off from any revealed duty, or to make us contented in a lukewarm and careless state, cannot come from God, because they are contrary to the revealed dictates of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of Truth cannot contradict itself. Therefore, all impressions, dreams, visions, etc., should be brought to the standard of the Holy Scriptures, and if they do not perfectly correspond therewith, they should be rejected. Monday, 10. At Mr. S.'s there was an ignorant, hardened company, who had heard much preaching, but, I fear, to bad purpose. May the hammer of the word, in the hand of omnipotent mercy, break these rocks into pieces. In the evening I returned to R.W.'s, and was under painful exercises of soul the next day. Such views of my want of more of the divine nature, and such a clear discovery of the wickedness and obstinacy of the people, were opened to my mind, that my spirit was brought down to the dust before the Lord, and my heart poured out streams of humble, earnest prayer. The words of the Apostle are continually verified. We must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Acts 14.22 such gracious discoveries as break up the great deep of the human heart are painful but profitable. Blessed be God for illuminating, quickening, sanctifying, and strengthening grace. Thursday 13 A sense of the divine presence penetrated my soul, and I was deeply humbled before the Lord, but was at the same time in the furnace of temptations and by all my prayers and efforts could not obtain deliverance from them. No doubt but it was then needful that I should be in heaviness through such manifold temptations. But the Lord knoweth how and when to deliver. On Friday my soul was in peace, and I felt willing to die rather than ever yield to temptation and sin against my God. Lord's Day 16 after preaching at Mr. B.'s in the Fork, I enforced Acts 13, 40, 41, at R.L.'s, where many people were affected, and about twelve were taken as probationers into the society. On Monday, at Mr. F.'s, I spoke with spiritual enlargement to a poor, ignorant congregation, and there were many persons much affected on Tuesday at T.'s. It seemed as if the Lord was working on their willing hearts to prepare them for his church militant below, and for his church triumphant above. 
though my body is feeble, and the weather is very warm, yet the Lord supports me, and makes my labors successful. How do thy mercies close me round? Forever be thy name adored. I blush in all things to abound. The servant is above his Lord. Thursday, 27. After preaching at the Widow Jay's, I returned to Mr. W.'s, and was visited by my old friends W.L. and W.M. Lord's Day, 30. For several days past I was extremely ill with a vomiting, etc., and was frequently delirious. It was a very heavy season of affliction, but the Lord looked upon me in my trouble, and this day he granted me some relief. Glory be given to God. My fever was greatly abated. Lord's Day, September 6. I am still unable to preach the glad tidings of salvation to my fellow men, and my mind has been variously exercised through the past week, sometimes grieved at spending my time to so little purpose, at other times deeply engaged for more inward religion, and for more of God. Lord's Day 13. Another week has passed without public labor, except one prayer meeting. But my soul has enjoyed a great degree of divine peace and consolation. Especially on last Thursday, my soul was favored with deep communion with God. How earnestly do I long for a more holy and a closer walk with God, to have every thought devoted to my blessed Jesus. I ventured to preach today on Hebrews 13.13, 13, when my spirit was at liberty, and the people were affected. Tuesday, 15. This was a day of peculiar temptations. My trials were such as I do not remember to have experienced before, and for some time it seemed as if I scarcely knew whether to fight or fly. My usefulness appeared to be cut off. I saw myself pent up in a corner, my body in a manner worn out, my English brethren gone, so that I had no one to consult, and every surrounding object and circumstance wore a gloomy aspect. Lord, must I thus pine away, and quench the light of Israel? No. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though in the paths of death I tread, with gloomy horrors overspread, my steadfast heart shall fear no ill. For thou, O Lord, art with me still. Thy friendly crook shall give me aid, and guide me through the dreadful shade. Wednesday, 16. My body felt better, and my mind had rest. I could repose myself in Christ Jesus, and felt a lively hope that, through all my difficulties, the Lord will finally conduct me to eternal rest. Thursday, 17. While riding on the road, my soul was deeply affected with a powerful, solemn sense of a present and gracious God. What ecstatic sensations must be enjoyed in heaven, where a much deeper sense of the divine presence is eternally enjoyed, without interruption or cessation. Well might St. Paul say, to die is gain. Here our communion with the Deity is but partial and very imperfect. We dwell in shells of infirmity, exposed to the assaults of wicked spirits, 
and surrounded with countless numbers of amusing, empty objects, by which means we are in continual danger of forgetting God, or of being too well satisfied without the fruition of Him. I called to see Mr. S. and his wife, who was sick, and I introduced a conversation on the benefit of affliction, as a proper means to excite our consideration, and humble us for our past sins. But she began to say, Whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth, and seemed inclined to presume that she was in a state of acceptance. This I did not believe, and therefore broke off the conversation abruptly, and went to prayer. They were both extremely affected, and especially Mrs. S. The Lord had touched and broken her heart, so that her thoughts of herself and of the nature of religion were greatly changed, and I left her roaring and crying for mercy. Lord's Day 20 There was a great melting in the congregation, and a pleasing prospect of a gracious work of God, while I attempted to describe the solemn grandeur of the Judgment Day, and the woeful end of the unregenerate, from Second Thessalonians 1, 7-10. Thursday, 24. My frame has been indisposed all this week, so that I am almost a stranger to the enjoyment of health for any length of time. I have been reading the life of Mr. Blank, but think it quite too pompous. The praise bestowed on him is too much to bestow on mortal dust. What is man, that such flowers should be strewed on his grave? May I ever be contented with the honor which cometh from God only. My soul at present is filled with his Holy Spirit. I have a glorious prospect of a boundless ocean of love, and immense degrees of holiness opening to my view. And now renew my covenant with the Lord, that I may glorify him with my body and spirit, which are his. Seven times a day do I bow my knees, to utter my complaints before him, and to implore an increase of his grace. But after all, and in the midst of all, I can feelingly say, I am an unprofitable servant. But though unworthy, utterly unworthy, I am blessed with the sweet gales of God's love. Blessed breezes, how they cheer and refresh my drooping soul. What the Lord has for me to do, I know not. But wait to know, and gladly to obey every dictate of his unerring pleasure. FRIDAY 25 My soul was still happy in my God, and I am powerfully persuaded that I shall yet live to be more useful than ever in the Church of Christ. SATURDAY 26 On my way to the fork I was in spiritual travail for the souls of the people, and there was some melting at Mr. R.'s, but a much more powerful moving at L's, while I discoursed on Second Corinthians five eleven, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest to God, and I trust also we are made manifest in your consciences. I returned to my lodging, blessing and praising God that He had enabled me to deliver my own soul, and given me some cause to hope that my labor was not in vain. Wednesday 30. The malicious enemy of mankind still haunts, and powerfully tempts me. But my never-failing friend, 
makes me victorious. My soul is in constant search after more of God, and sweetly sinks deeper and deeper into the abyss of His fullness. I am much employed in the spirit and duty of prayer, but earnestly desire to be more so. My desire is that prayer should mix with every thought, with every wish, with every word, and with every action, that all might ascend as a holy, acceptable sacrifice to God. End of section 29. Recording by Brian Keenan.